Today, I have the uh, awesome task of bringing forth John chapter 6. Thank you, Major Phil, for swapping with me. Now I know why you wanted to swap, because this, this chapter in and of itself, we could spend literally five months um, trying to go through every single thing that God has to say for us, but unfortunately, I've got 25 minutes, so let's rock and roll. Um, so in the book of John, uh, let me just set this up. Here we have Jesus, um, and this is the ministry of Jesus. He begins in the earlier chapters, uh, starting to do signs and miracles. Uh, I think it was chapter 2 where he turned water into wine, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and he goes on through every chapter. And then in chapter 5, which we learned last week, he healed a sick man who was diseased for, I believe, 38 years. Um, and he ha- had the man just stand up, get on up, and the man was healed. Um, so here we have Jesus. His popularity is growing. His, his, his name is, as Twitter would put it, trending right about now. Jesus is absolutely trending. Um, if, if, if everybody was on Facebook back then, all you would see is JC Ministries um, on the rise. And that would be the tag phrase. Um, if we had to hashtag it, it would be exactly that. Hashtag JC Ministries on the rise. Hashtag Jesus Christ what? Hashtag it's all about him. Hashtag everything else. And that's how it would have been if Jesus were here doing that same ministry today. Trending Jesus Christ Ministries. Uh, but here we have in chapter 6, and in the beginning of chapter 6, uh, Jesus uh, comes across, he, 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 he finds himself being followed by a great crowd, and it is this crowd that's following him because of that, because he is so popular all of a sudden, because they see the signs, they see the miracles, they see his ministry, and it's on the move, and so everybody wants to be a part. Now we could stop right here and just, and just quickly do a five-hour sermon on just that right there. We all love to be a part of the in crowd, the, the fad I remember when I was in elementary, the fad was Z Cavaricci's pants. Raise your hand if you ever had one of those. Don't lie, I'm not the only one. And Z Cavaricci's was it. Once MC Hammer used those things, man, I wanted a pair big time. And my mom bought me one. One. There's five days of school. I got one. So I tried to use that thing every other day. And I just told the kids, you know what? It's, I've got three pairs. But it wasn't, it was the same one. I wore that thing till the thing was like faded, like almost white faded. It was a black pants. It was almost faded, but I used it. Why? Because it was the end thing. Kids thought I was cool. Oh, he's got, he's got some Cavariches on. Nice. He must be it. He's the man. He's got the Cavariches on. I think my son right now is into this thing. Um, you know, I told him we, we walk in Walmart, and I've told him about this like so many times. Um, you got to get those slippers, bro. You got to get those slippers. Man, those, those are the bomb. So now the kids call it Jesus slippers. Yeah, some of you guys have it. I know. So my son wanted a pair. He's like, come on, Dad. He was literally crying. Come on, Dad. I want those. Everybody's got those. So we ended up buying him some Jesus slippers. And it's just those brown ones that look like sandals. It's got just two straps on it. Real simple. Five bucks. Five bucks. But you want? Know he was crying for a $5 pair of slippers. Why? Because it was the in thing. It was the in thing to have those slippers. It was the in thing to have those Z Cavaricci pants I wanted to be a part of that group that had those pants, even though it looked horrible now that you think about it. <laughs> but that was the same way that Jesus' ministries was right at this time. The miracles are going on. That is the in crowd. Thousands are following him. So Jesus finds himself with 5,000 men, and that's just the men. 
It is said there's probably around 10,000 if you count the women and the children. So here he has a group of 10,000 people, and they're all wondering what are they going to eat. So he turns to one of his disciples and he says, uh, so, so what are we going to feed these guys? And his disciples look at him and say, oh, I, I don't know. There's, there's no way we could feed this amount of people. It's almost impossible. So one of his other disciples says, well, here's this kid. He's got five barley loaves and two fish. Maybe we could try to do something with that. So Jesus takes the five barley loaves, the two fish, offers up a prayer, and ends up feeding the entire crowd, over 10,000 people, with just that. Once again, we can end this sermon right now and just say, with whatever little you have, give it unto God, and he can turn it into insurmountable things. But it's not what we're going to go for. We're going to shoot for something a little bit different. So he feeds the crowd. The crowd is happy. They end up with 12 baskets more than what they even started off with. Twelve baskets more. What an unbelievable miracle that God could take something so little, turn it into a, a whole bunch, and there you have it. Twelve baskets full. The crowd gets excited. They want to name him king. Jesus runs away. He runs away. And later it says he, he, he calls out to his disciples, walks on water. They are afraid, and he says, don't be afraid. So here we pick it off, and this is where we want to spend the, the rest of the time here. And we're going to start in John chapter 6, verse 25. And I'm reading from the King James Version once again. This is just part of my own studies. Um, If you can't follow along, I'll try my best to explain. And it says this. John chapter 6, verse 25, it says, And when they had found him on the other side of the sea, they said unto him, Rabbi, when camest thou hither? Jesus answered them and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, ye seek me, not because ye saw the miracles, but because ye did eat of the loaves and were filled. Labor not for the meat which perisheth, but for the meat which endureth unto everlasting life, which is the Son of Man, shall give unto you. For him hath God the Father sealed. Then said they unto him, What shall we do that we might work the works of God? Jesus answered and said unto them, This is the work of God, that ye believe on him whom he hath sent. They said therefore unto him, What sign showest thou then, that we may see and believe thee? What dost thou work? Our fathers did eat manna in the desert as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my Father giveth you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth unto the world, giveth life unto the world. Then said they unto him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh unto me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. So that is our passage for the day. And the whole bulk of this sermon is simply this. It's this. In each and every one of us, there is this hunger, this deep-down desire for, for something. Something that is empty deep within us. We have that emptiness that's in us. It's just like our bodies. When we eat, um, it's to... It's to quench this hunger, this thirst that we have. Our body needs this. Our body needs this food, this sustenance. And our souls are no different. Our souls need something. They need something to, to feed on or something to drink. They need something to eat. But see, it, it, it's at times where, where we, we lose focus of, of the true thing, the one thing that will satisfy that. We lose focus on the one thing that could actually satisfy our hungers of our soul. 
or the thirsting of our soul. So here you have the, the, the Jews, the people, and God is saying unto them, it's like, look, you are, you are asking me or you are seeking me not because you really want me. You are seeking me and you're asking things of me because you have already eaten of this bread and that is what you want. That is what you're looking for. See, it is this, this deep down yearning, uh, this deep down thirst, this deep down hunger that sometimes the scary thing is, is this. And this is what I really want to focus on is that we tend to fill those things, that deep down hunger, that deep down thirst with other stuff other than Jesus. It could be money. It could be even your marriage. You could fill it with your job. You could, you could try to find something deep down that, that will satisfy it. Um, it could be uh, your kids. It could even be church. Imagine that. But here God is saying, no, look. There is only one thing that's going to satisfy that. There is only one thing that's gonna, that you are going to feed on and that's going to satisfy your hunger, your thirst, and that's me. I am the bread of life. It is me. It is not your money. It is not your jobs. It is not your marriage, your spouse, your boyfriend, girlfriend. It might not even be the church. Not to say that any of that stuff is bad. I'm not saying that. Because all of that stuff is good. All of that stuff God wants us to enjoy. Especially your marriage. I'm not, I'm not going there, wife. Don't worry. But all of that stuff is good. But there is still going to be something missing in all of that. There's still going to be something missing in your marriage. There's going to be something missing in your jobs. There's going to be something missing if money is all that you're seeking. There's going to be something missing if you're just here to do church. And here God is standing before the people and saying, no, look, I am that bread of life. I am the one that you need to feed on. I am the one that you need to uh, take part in every single day. See, bread back then was, was a pretty significant thing. It would be like the rice in Hawaii. It is your staple food. It is something that you just take part in every single day. You just do it automatic. Can I get some terry chicken? What do you have with that? Oh, rice. Two scoops. Can you throw in the third one? I mean, that, I mean, that's just what it is. It's the same way with bread back then. Bread was their sustenance. Bread was their staple. Bread was their thing that they always partook of. It's no mistake that throughout the Bible it says, uh, go to somebody's house and you will break bread. They didn't say we're going to scoop rice. Um, I mean, it's, the, it's the same thing, right? We're going to break bread. So bread was very important back then. And so that is why God uses this analogy and, and, and to tell us that, look, I am that bread of life. I am that one thing that will satisfy your hunger. It is me. Take part in my flesh. We kind of turned a lot of the people off uh, back then in that crowd. It's like, well, what? We got to eat you? That's crazy. But God is just simply saying this, that you must take part in me every single day as if I am your staple. I am the one thing that you need every single day. Are you willing to do that? Are you willing to take part in me every single day? Because until you do that, your soul will never be satisfied. Until you do that, your marriage will never be what God had intended your marriage to be. 
Until you do that, your finances will never be what God intended your finances to be. Until the church does that, the church will never be what God had originally intended the church to do and be. It is God who, who is the one who sent his son to be that broken bread for all of us to partake in as a church, as a marriage, as an individual. And we will never be satisfied until we take part in that. Not just once in your life. Not just on Easter, not just on Christmas, not just on New Year. See, I go back to that thing that we talked about earlier where, where Jesus was a fad. See, that was like the really scary thought is that everybody wanted to be a part of it, but they were a part of it for the very wrong reasons. They were there to take part in just the miracles, and, and, and they were there to accept the blessings that God was giving them and you know, healing the sick and providing all their needs, but they missed the point. They missed the point. We sometimes, we, we get so focused on other things. We get so focused on other stuff that the other things, they just pass us by, and it's waving us. It is moonwalking past us, and there is no way we'll even notice it. It's the same way with God's word. It's the same way that, that God is trying to illustrate to these people. He is literally that moonwalking bear that's saying, Hey, no, 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 look, it's me. I am the bread of life. You're looking for something that, that will, will satisfy your souls, but it's not gonna, you're not going to find it. You're not going to get it. It's me. I'm the one that you're looking for. I am that bread of life that you're looking for. The one that you think is going to satisfy you, the one that you think, that's not it. I am it. I am that bread of life. But we get so focused on other stuff. We can even get so focused on looking for God that God is literally standing right in front of us saying, here I am, here I am, here I am, and we can't even see him. That is a scary thought to think of. Because in all of our stuff, in all of our junk, in all of our lives, everything that we do, God will prov provide you with opportunities to see him. God will provide you with opportunities to say, look, here, hey, hey, here I am. But for some reason, we just go strictly blind, and we don't even, we don't even see it. We just lose it. And before you know it, it's long gone, and here we are, stuck because we thought we had the right answer. We thought we had the, the point to it all. I got the 13. Yeah, I win. I got it. You've got to say, no, look, that wasn't me. The answer really wasn't that 13. It was me, that moonwalking bear that you done, that you done missed. That was me. And I was flagging you down the entire time. So my thought and my prayer for you guys is this, is that in those opportunities that God is waving waving the flag of, hey, hey, here, here I am. It's me. I'm the God of your finances. I'm the God of your relationship. I'm the God of your marriage. Here I am. Select me and put me into that, and I guarantee you everything is going to be all right. I guarantee you everything is going to be great. You will find satisfaction when you feast on God. You will find that you will hunger and thirst no more when you constantly partake of him, of him who God has sent. It says, no man cometh unto the Father except through Jesus Christ. And we must partake of that every single day because he is, he is that bread of life. He is that. 
See that, that, that little phenomenon there where we tend to block things out? It's actually a literal phenomenon. Where it's called, uh, um, gosh, I can't even remember what it's called. Imagine that. It's called inattentional blindness. There it is. Inattentional blindness. Where we can be looking at something so much and so focused on something that we just done missed everything. That everything else that happens around us, we totally lose focus on. And sometimes in our lives, we tend to do that. We, we get so focused on everything and, and the real stuff that we should be paying attention to, just we miss it. We miss it. So I just pray to God that, that God will just put on a new lens for us to, to see um, our lives through. That we don't miss opportunities like this. That we don't miss things like this where, where God is flagging us down. And so that's my sermon today for you guys, is that the God that we are here, see, I don't believe that any of you are here on accident, any of you. I even got my brother here today, more pressure. But I don't believe any of you is here on accident. You are here because God designed you to be here. Somebody whispered to your ear and said, hey, you need to get there. Somebody said something or, or you heard a, an ad or something that wasn't by accident. Trust me. That was God telling you to be here. That was God waving himself at you and saying, look, here I am. You're going to find me there. It might not be through that sermon. It might be through the praise and worship. It might even be through the announcements. I don't know. But God designed you to be here for a reason and a purpose. And that purpose is to find truth. That purpose is to find something, that one thing that's going to satisfy your hunger and your thirst, and that is him. Jesus Christ, the bread of life. And so with that, I'd like you guys all to bow your heads, close your eyes. And we'll close this sermon with a prayer. This is not going to be an altar call where you come up and you, and you fall on your face like I promised. But I just want you to truly, deep down in your own heart and soul and mind, I want you to think, what is it that you are looking for? When you came here, you were looking for something. You were looking for something. I hope it wasn't a girl or a boy. But you're looking for something. Your soul is longing for something. And so my prayer for you guys as I finish this and I, and I pray over you guys is that, that God will become even more real to you than he's ever been in your life. That you will truly see that God is that bread of life. And that if we seek him and we come after him and we take part in him as he has commanded us to do, that we will be fulfilled, that our souls will feel uh, quenched, our thirsts will be quenched 